How does a duck know? <laughs> How does a duck know? Uh, welcome to We Should Know Better, the podcast where we hitchhike through Wikipedia, so you don't have to. I am Sky. I'm Kyle. And I'm Tim. Um, and what we do here is I have two Wikipedia pages all set to go tonight, and these two guys are going to compete to try to get from one to the other as quickly as possible with only clicking uh, links within the pages. So tonight, you guys are going to be going from the page for Crash Test Dummy to Violin. Oh, sound good. <laughs> are we, we going to see if... of, of fine craftsmanship? Fine craftsmanship. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're we're going to see if they can endure the violins. And they they both get smashed, oh. um, pretty often. <laughs> oh Thanks yeah, to... the last that's... Jimi Hendrix uh, concerto. Yeah, that's what they do. <laughs> when he smashes the violin before walking off stage. It was that's brilliant. That, yeah. Exactly. I mean, that, I mean that's what they're known for, right? I and mean, you know, yep, getting smashed on stages. Yes. So you guys can head over to Crash Test Dummy. Wait, so it's is it crash test dummy like dummy. the, the like actual, actual thing, dummy. not yep. the cartoon? Nope. Okay. Nope. All right. Just I well, wanted to check. We're definitely going to talk and about not, the cartoon and, and not the band, right? Not the band. Not There's crash a band? test dummies. Nope. But oh crap! <laughs> well, that does lead me to um, our game to decide who gets to go first. Oh man! Which you know, as I do, I might have oh, forgotten no. to prepare. <laughs> <laughs> So wonderful. Someone first person to name a crash test dummy song wins. Tim, go. Uh mm, mm, mm. <laughs> That is seriously. Nope. <laughs> Kyle, go. Really? Uh I, I'm gonna go with uh zero to sixty in point four seconds. No. <laughs> Tim. <laughs> oh, I thought you I thought you were actually wanting me to name an actual song from the Crash Test Dummies. I do. Yeah, and, and mm is that song. No. Mm? What? Mm is not a song. Mm 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 is not a song. It is too. It is not. Is it is it mm mm? I will play it. It is not oh. mm mm. <laughs> it is mm 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 mm. It is oh for Oh my mm. gosh. Yeah, and that song doesn't oh count gosh. anymore because wow. you guys messed it up. I'll give you a hint. There's there is a Christmas album. Uh, mistletoe. Like crash into the Christmas tree. I I, no! I really have nothing. I got. I don't even know. I didn't know this was a band. <laughs> Christmas for dummies. There no. We go. Tim wins. <laughs> no, it's like a holiday song compilation, guys. Oh, is it just like uh. A- Crash, Crash test, test dummies, dummies Christmas. Christmas. No, yeah. <laughs> you need a song. What? Oh, a song. Yes, <laughs> Jingle uh, Bells. Night. Yes, Jingle Bells. Good hey. job, Kyle. They did. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes. They performed. You know what? <laughs> they performed Jingle Bells on Jingle All the Way. Crash the, test oh, dummies. Oh my gosh. The movie. Wow. Wow. No, not no. It was this the name of the album. I don't think it was on the actual movie. Oh, their, oh my gosh! Their their wow. album was called Jingle All the Way. Yeah. So this what is we're what saying? I, okay. <laughs> this is what I get for not preparing. <laughs> I will definitely remember. Remember from here on out. They also so have other great songs. What I should have done is given you a. Oh man, I should have get done you. Is this a Crash Test Dummy song? Because there are some winners on here. Like God shuffled <laughs> his feet. Afternoons and coffee spoons. 
Oh man. Oh. Uh, when I go out with artists, mm. how does a duck know? <laughs> how does a duck know? That's about all the good right. ones. Okay. That's it. That's it. Those are the good Pop ones. Quiz, Kyle. All right, do it. Just from hearing all these titles, where do you think the crash test dummies are from? Oh man. Um, all right. You you said when I go out with an artist, how does a duck know? What were the other ones? Come down to the sinkhole. <laughs> In the days of the caveman. <laughs> Here I stand before me. Oh man! How These does a duck great. know? <laughs> oh man, are are we sure this isn't a Mad Lib? The day we never met. Oh uh, yeah, this is definitely a Mad Lib. I'm going to <laughs> he say he liked to feel it. Wow. Uh, I'm gonna say California. Why not? Oh no, Canada. Yeah. Oh, no! They actually have a song entitled You Said to Meet Me and then in parentheses in California. In Can- oh, nice. Yeah. Wow. That would have worked and then, out for And me. then in parentheses because I'm from Canada. And yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're not from California. Paren, paren. Yeah. Yes. Well, good job, Kyle. Nice. Um, you get to I, go first. I relied on my vast knowledge of the Crash Test Dummies discography for that. Yes. My vast and terrifying knowledge of it. Uh, you guys, I have my, I'm actually wearing my Crash Test Dummies t-shirt right now. Um, okay, so Crash Test Dummies, they are, oh wow, this has a different name. A Crash Test Dummy is a full-scale anthropomorphic test device Yeah. that simulates the dimensions, weight proportions, and articulation of the human body and is usually instrumented to record data about the dynamic behavior of the ATDs in simulated vehicle impacts. That sounds a lot less cool than just crash test dummy. Yeah. Well, it sounds a lot scarier too. I don't want an anthropomorphic yeah. test device that simulates the dimensions, weight proportions, and articulation of the human body. I mean, I know no. that I know that we need them, mm-hmm. but yeah. I, I they look so much a nicer when you just call them. it a yeah crash test dummy. Yeah. Uh, there are several specialized dummies used for obesity, children, rib impact, and spinal impact. Obesity, children, rib impact. <laughs> That's just phrased in a weird way. That is weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a, there's no, those are special classes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Using cadavers for these topics of research is more realistic than using a dummy for physiological reasons, but it arises many moral dilemmas. That's well, yeah. cited. That's cited. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess like squashing, you know. Bodies. Wow. The bodies of a loved one is different than just like squashing yeah. bodies. Yeah. This yeah. Going into surgery with them and stuff. Using cadavers for like medical education. <laughs> for like actual science. For, um, cosmetic school. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Do they really? No, I yeah. believe it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There are some uh, cadavers that, you know, the heads are used to teach uh, cosmetologists how to apply makeup. Totally believe it. I mean, my mom had like a fake head. Mm-hmm. I think it was. Really <laughs> it was. <laughs> Your childhood was a lot more traumatic. <laughs> Maybe it was. So this explains a lot of your dreams. <laughs> so wait, is there like a separate category? Like when you tick off, like you know, I want to be an organ, organ donor. donor. I want to donate my. Like that's not just like I want to donate my body to science, and they're like, yeah, the well, sciences of cosmology. Yeah, I mean, Sky. Technically speaking, oh well, yeah, I I can't talk about the makeup situation, but. They are donating to science here is technically saving lives. So, I mean, that that this is the kind of science that literally will have a direct impact, quote unquote. It is kind of uh, cool so. that way. 
Thank you. Like I, I would not I mind my body being used I know. for testing. Like in that's kind of why I was like, you know, that's not. It's like I don't need it. You yeah. Go ahead. You you throw it through the windshield of a car. You fire it out of a cannon. Whatever helps everyone else. Just yeah, because I mean, there's like those cadaver down. farms in Tennessee or whatever, where they just where have they just, all those bodies get... decaying. Like they throw them in like a dumpster. And oh like, yeah, and watch them decay. Like I feel like that's kind of worse than for. Um, I mean, but I mean, it's least... for forensics. Also, yeah, yes, yeah, that's for, for forensics. For yes, and that's helpful. Like I, I'm mm-hmm. saying, both of them are helpful, but I don't feel like mm-hmm. this one's like less that much less like respectful like it's almost like a weekend at bernie's thing like you're getting the living <laughs> death like you're you're going yeah you're, you're flying through a windshield that's exciting you're beca- yeah you're becoming uh data in a sense like well, you're, you're, you're well you're <laughs> yes. well in a sense <laughs> no you are you're right <laughs> that, that uh, kind of went away uh, against my whole it's exciting yeah. <laughs> well is yeah, it's still a data look yeah, i guess that's it, true that is exciting <laughs> uh, yeah you're still Dumb. yeah you're still part of you're the world. literally saving lives yeah. yes you know what's worse than uh cadaver testing though by what? far animal testing animal testing yep <laughs> um oh a description by mary roach uh mary roach uh actually writes really interesting books about topics like this totally in fact does. i got the um the cosmetology note from her book stiff oh it's such a good book uh, about the lives of um you know dead bodies but what? uh she notes that uh, from a demonstration conference quoted from that uh, we saw chimpanzees riding rocket sleds a bear on an impact swing mm. we observed a pig anesthetized and placed in a sitting position on a swing in the harness crash into a deep dish steering wheel mm. at about 10 miles per hour oh no that is horrible yeah that's, oh, that's my really gosh. bad and that was in oh. the 50s wow that's disgusting Okay. So yeah, um, bless whoever invented crash test dummies. Huh. Yeah. Do you guys know if like the little like circles with that that are like made up into squares, like multicolored squares that you see on yeah. test dummies, are they just like to measure impacts? Yeah, it's uh the 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 boxes are to help. I think it's high speed cameras so they can oh. tell that you know so they can measure accurately the distance of whiplash them. and things like that. Okay, cool. And an impact, an actual impact. I think the circles themselves have something to do with tracing impact. I'm not seeing anything on the page about it, though. Gotcha. I like <laughs> under a testing procedure here. I guess they have to calibrate them. I haven't read anything on it. There's just pictures, and the the dummies are kind of just like sitting up, <laughs> and it kind of and it just says that they're undergoing calibration. There's two different. There's like two different. Uh, not styles, but like yeah. yeah, I guess styles. The uh, hybrid three and the Thor and T. Thor and T. Yeah, so Sorry. they're just different types of test dummies, and they're both just sitting in this position. It <laughs> says they're undergoing calibration. It just looks like somebody just kind of like sitting up, maybe yeah. maybe doing some calisthenics. I don't know. Oh, it's yeah. really bizarre. <laughs> oh man, it's so great. Oh geez, um, I'm still I'm still reading the animal part. I'm sorry. The last company to use live testing. With oh, no. General Motors. Ooh. They stopped in 1993. What? Why? Yeah. <laughs> Does it say what they were still using? Like um do, 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 do. jellyfish, I hope. I mean just I don't like... think it says what they were still using, no. And this is oh, under the those... animal section too, right? Because I saw yes. that there's a volunteer. <laughs> um Yeah. That, that well that didn't volunteer. Yeah, it says although animal test data were still more easily obtained than uh, cadaver data, the fact that animals were not people, duh. And the yes. difficulty of employing adequate internal instrumentation limited their usefulness. Oh, wow. 
So the fact oh. that we couldn't science them well enough oh, no, wait. is I'm sorry. more of the reason. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. General Motors might have been the first to discontinue live testing. Oh. oh. But wait, in 1993? Animal testing is no longer practiced by any of the major automobile makers. Oh. General Motors discontinued live testing in 1993, Whoa. and other manufacturers followed suit shortly thereafter. That's still sure. weird. Because mm-hmm. oh, that's man. even worse. Like that means that. Yeah. The, I thought it cut off in '93, but no, that's just when it started to cut off. That's crazy. But at the <sighs> same time, I can see why they validate it because it's you know saving human lives is more is worth it than saving this chicken. <laughs> I know yeah. chicken isn't one it, of them, but I like imagining not, yes. a chicken. Uh, <laughs> driving a car driving a car um go back yeah, to the, the the calibration um every hybrid three undergoes calibration prior to a crash test its head is removed and is dropped from 40 centimeters to test calibrate the head instrumentation wow then the head and neck are reattached set in motion and stopped abruptly to check the proper neck flexure <laughs> just set so in this motion. is just like <laughs> stretching exercises yeah they wear well, they wear <clears throat> chamois leather skin uh, chamois. 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 Oh, French. Yeah. The, 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 knees are, <laughs> the knees are struck with a metal probe to check for proper puncture. Oh, man. They're, they're, yeah, they're doing reflex tests. No. <laughs> they're, they're, doing, they're doing knee puncture tests. It's I know, I know. It's a different yeah. thing. I Yes. Yep. So, oh, man. I just like that part of the calibration is dropping their, <laughs> like decapitating <laughs> them and dropping their head from a height. So I would like to point out that the uh, that the very first let's see information gleaned on from cadaver research and animal studies had already been put to some use in construction of human somac some uh, I can't say this correctly somacrila somaclacra in human forms in human shapes I'll look this up later as early as 1949 when Sierra Sam which is his name was created by Samuel W. Alderson at the Alderson Research Labs. Wait. He he named it, he gave it a nickname, but he also kind of named it after himself? Yes. Apparently? Okay. Yes. Yep. Yeah. This is and, this is Turbo Tim. He's going to hit that wall at 60 miles an hour. It's going to be great. <laughs> this is what I would look like if I did this. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> to test uh, aircraft ejection seats, aviation helmets, and pilot restraint harnesses. Uh, the testing involved the use of high acceleration to 1,000 kilometers an hour. That's 600 mile per hour rocket sleds beyond the capability of human volunteers to tolerate. Yes, that I would say that is beyond that <laughs> that level. Um, apparently, that went on to uh, then uh, come up with uh, another, oh, a competitor. Sierra followed up with a competitor dummy, modeled it called Sierra Stan. Oh, so they, they decided to go along this, this route. However, they ran into a problem uh, with at least this first set uh, because originally they were developing dummies that were built after... Okay, uh, according to this, the original Sierra Sam was a 95th percentile male dummy. That means that it would that its form, its, its shape, was heavier and taller than 95% of human males. So they were going on the, 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 like the large end. Uh, Whereas most people would be, you know, if you did a 50 percentile male dummy, then you're going to get the average. Uh, So you'll actually get more usable data about what that person, what most people are going to deal with, not Mm. the largest, heaviest people. Right. So that's an interesting idea. Huh. Cool. Um, And they've only, they have only improved from there. However, the names have not improved because they have just, they're now the name things like three. 
I did three. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I I feel kind of bad that they have not gotten better names over time. Yeah. Uh, they do have specialized dummies here, though. Uh, one for side impacts called the SID, uh, the side impact dummy. <clears throat> the bio RID is a dummy that assesses, oh, a rear impact. Oh, yep. wow, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is maybe a slight at someone's child. <laughs> the the Krabby is a child dummy used to evaluate the effectiveness of child restraint devices. They don't tell what Krabby stands for. Nope. <laughs> they don't need to. Uh, and then the FGOA is the oh one that is built after a after a an obese uh, test driver, I assume. Right. And then our and Thor. 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 This is the 50th percentile male dummy that we currently use, apparently. Yes. It has a human-like spine and pelvis, and its face contains a number of sensors which allow analysis of facial impacts to an accuracy currently unobtainable with other dummies and also registers feeling. Oh. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) For a second, I thought you were going to say feelings. Yes. (laughs) That would indeed hurt. (laughs) I feel sad. (laughs) Uh, the picture they have of Thor looks like he's calling his hammer. It's really cool. It does, doesn't <laughs> it? It's like, yo, over here. I, then, I would also like to point out yes. the... Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, 2012, Sleepy Pod. Yes. Yep. Apparently yep, yep. Sleepy Pod I don't, as, a, as a company. And when what they make, when I reveal what they make, you will understand why they're called Sleepy Pod, maybe. <laughs> um, they made crash test dogs to test car oh. safety restraints for pets. Oh no, I just clicked it and I clicked that link and it's, oh wow, I gotta share this with you guys. It's, I'm uh, looking at it too. It's got, I guess what? they might have a mascot that is a oh, dog no. in a racing helmet and a racing suit. This is amazing. <laughs> they know their demographic well. This is so oh, yeah. great. Like if someone's gonna care about what the work we do, they're gonna care about this dog in a helmet. I'm going to click this research right now to see if they can. Oh, my gosh. They have a picture of it. (laughs) These drawings of dogs are adorable. Yes. And there is one cat. Well, yeah. I mean. Oh, my gosh. This is so great. We got to talk about the incredible crash test dummies before we go. I actually I never got to watch it as a kid. Oh, I don't know even know if I watched them. Did you at least see the commercials? Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. I saw the commercials and I had some of the toys and I thought they were like the best thing ever. They are brilliant. And they, they were, were really, really great cool. until like a day later when I lost like a head. A hand. And yeah. yeah, the head and the hand was gone. But yeah. Pretty cool. And there's apparently a video game for the yeah, SNES. I hear and the it's game really Boy. difficult. Probably was. All those games back then were difficult. Yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna, I, what are you gonna do? So I have I have a I have a plan, and I don't know if this is gonna pan out or not. Those um, are always the best plans. Yep. <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> see how this goes. Uh, so Tim brought up Mary Roach earlier, and I've read several of her books. I think she's amazing. Uh, she is she's actually cool. really fun on Twitter as well, uh, because she constantly does stuff like the books that she's covering. I'm going to click Mary Roach and hope that she's come across a violin at some point. Hmm. I think that's <laughs> okay. pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good I mean, all the science that she's covered, something has to cross music. <laughs> yeah. All right, Tim. You got any... Um, Any plans? Down here in the popular culture uh, with the Crash Test Dummy PSAs, there's a word that is, has caught my fancy here, and I think Ooh. I might be able to use it to go the sort of performance route to get to violin. Oh, man. 
And what, what do you think that word is? The one word here that I don't know really what, like I'm excited to go to the page of. Yeah. Like what awaits us here? The what word is, is this word? slapstick. Yep. <gasps> there's a Wikipedia, there's a wiki slash slapstick. Because that's, that's a good route to go from, from automobile crashes to slapstick. Absolutely. That is a good transition. I am glad. I was very concerned about starting on this page <laughs> that it might be kind of depressing. Um, and originally, I had actually thought to go from um, Crash Test Dummies to Katana. But guess what? Ooh. Really easy. Oh, you just yeah, I to, saw the word decapitation. You just go from decapitation and Katana's right there. I was like, well... <laughs> I guess. Nope. We're going to have to work a, a little harder sense. with this. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. My, my intense. Here. Yeah. My intense hope is that the, that the slapstick entry is a, is a, uh, another article written by aliens about what slapstick. Oh is. yes. I want some great oh. descriptions of slapstick. Tell us what slapstick is. All right. Well, Mary Roach on the other hand is an American author specializing in popular science and humor. As of 2016, she has published seven books, which is nuts. I did not realize she had done that. Uh, Starting with Stiff, The Curious Lives of Human Cadavers that uh, Tim was quoting earlier. Uh, Spook, Science Tackles the Afterlife. Um, Bonk, The Curious Coupling of Science and Sex. Packing for Mars, The Curious Life of Science in the Void. Uh, Science of, yeah, Life in the Void. Um, Gulp, My uh, Adventures on the Elementary Canal. And next uh, will be Grunt, The Curious Science of Humans at War, will be released in June of 2016. So apparently we just did a shout out for Mary Roach. I will have to check that out because that sounds insane. Yeah. Her, her books are, are, are really good. Yeah. She, I read part of fascinating. Gulp. Yeah. Um, it says here, the first, the first sentence in The Early Life and Education of Mary Roach. Mary Roach was born in Hanover, New Hampshire to a 65-year-old father. There's a citation. (laughs) Yep. There you go. Her family later moved to Etna, New Hampshire, where Roach attended Hanover High School. She received a bachelor's degree in psychology from Wesleyan University in 1981, and that is the entire early life and education. That's Well, she's saving it for her her obvious memoir coming up someday. Called Um, Roach. Roach, yes. Yeah, okay. (laughs) The Curious Science of Roach. Yeah. um, Of Mary Roach. Um. I want to point out the reason that she did her first book. I, I just have to read this story here. Um, from 96 to 2005, Roach was a part of The Grotto, quote unquote, a San Francisco-based project and community of working writers and filmmakers, such as a thing that could only exist in San Francisco in the 90s. Uh, it was this community that Roach got the push in this community that Roach got the push she needed to break into book writing. All right. <clears throat> this, is how, this is how she got started. Uh, quoted. A few of us every year from the grotto would, grotto would make predictions for the other people, where they're going to be in a year. So someone made the prediction that Mary will have a book contract. I forgot about it. And then when October came around, I thought, I've got three months to pull together a book proposal and have a book contract. That's literally what got the fire under my butt. Wow. And then she wrote uh, Stiff. Yep, that was it. That, that was how that happened. That's crazy. She has, she definitely has fun in what she does. Like she she definitely yep. she digs into what she's doing and she learns how to uh she, she learns about the ins and outs of every part of these, you know, every every 
every angle of, of our scientific world. Yeah, so which usually translates into some good work. Yeah. Usually I mean people read it for the humor, but I think really what it comes down to is she's really just highlighting how weird and funny, you know, science is, like how we study the things that are going on every day. So uh I am going to talk a little bit or rather not talk about I'm not going to talk about it at all. I'm going to move on. The link that I found here. In 1996, her article on earthquake-proof bamboo houses, The Bamboo Solution, which is a great title, mm-hmm. took the American Engineering Society's en- Engineering Journalism Award and the General Test General Interest Magazine category. Bamboo is used to make musical instruments. I'm clicking bamboo. It is? Bam it is? I mean it can be. I mean be. a bamboo flute, I guess. Yes! That's a musical instrument. It's getting me closer than anything else on this page. My other option is like Adam Savage. That that's really the other thing that I got here. <laughs> oh, he plays a violin. What? Yep. Yeah. Are yeah, you serious? He, uh, he fiddles with um Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. Travels around with him bluegrass. It's really good. Uh, it's a lie. It's a lie. <laughs> I, for a second, I was like, "Wait, maybe." <laughs> Does he really? Like, I, <laughs> I was just I, I'm, I'm wondering, up, but... like, I, I no, I'm clicking bamboo. <laughs> okay, I'm excited to learn the more thing about is, bamboo. Adam Adam Savage, I really would believe it. Like that's oh, yeah. that's totally a thing he would do. Okay, slapstick time. So, what is slapstick? It's, oh, please it's, tell slapstick. me about. Wait, actually. <laughs> What? what what do you think slapstick is, Kyle? Oh man, what is slapstick? How do you define slapstick? Yeah. It's got uh, that je ne, je ne sais quoi. <laughs> je ne sais, je ne sais slap. <laughs> yes, thank you, Tim. The, um, I don't know slap. <laughs> uh it is humor that is derived from uh a mishap that has to do with slipping or hitting something. Yeah, I think I usually think of like physical yes. comedy a little bit more. And yeah, it just being um, kind of ridiculous. You guys are just about there. It's uh, it's basically any form of exaggerated physical comedy. Nice, uh, nice. The term arises from a device developed uh, during the broad physical comedy style known as Commedia d'arte in Ooh. the 16th century Italy. Where they would slap people with sticks. Exactly. They uh, would take what? Well, I mean, yes. no, yeah. They would <laughs> yeah. take well no, listen. <laughs> I'm reading <laughs> they would the next take sentence. A, a light stick. They would cut it down the middle a certain way, so it's kind of got this these little flappy parts that smack together. Okay. And then when you hit someone with it, it would make this really satisfying, funny slap, <laughs> but it wouldn't hurt the person. Right. You're still hitting them with a stick, Tim. You're still hitting them with a stick, <laughs> but, but it's, for it's comedy. funny because the person's not really getting hurt. It's for art. What? <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, it is kind of, you know, there's there's violence in here, but... I feel like there's a problem with this. Yeah, um, this does not seem... Well, you're not just they, doing they it to random people. history of slapstick. Uh, it's part of the bit. They signed up for it. It says, quote, Shakespeare incorporated many chase scenes and beatings into his comedies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, see? <laughs> yeah, but Kyle, it's, it's not, not a stage, comedy without a good actors. beating. They're not beating somebody from the audience. Right. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Unless uh, you're one of those, yeah, uh, theater, theater of the real comedians. Why are these front just, row you know. tri- tickets so cheap? So <laughs> weird. <laughs> why, why, why are there Band-Aids under my seat? They, they hit a watermelon with a slapstick. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
yeah, you can also pantomime is a form of slapstick. It can be uh, Charlie what? Chaplin is considered slapstick in oh, many of sure. his performances. Yeah, absolutely. Anything that's just kooky and wild <laughs> uh, and physical, Jackass is on here as a form of slapstick, and that's true. I can't. I hate to admit it, but that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Tom and Jerry. Monty Python. Tom and Jerry. Yes. Um, Faulty Towers. The Benny Hill Show. Oh sure. Uh, Rowan Atkinson, Mr. Bean, slapstick is basically yeah the embodiment of slapstick. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there isn't a whole much left to say on this page, unfortunately. I wish it would go on forever because I bet there's oh. a lot of fun stuff about the history of slapstick. I really am disappointed that it isn't just like a written by aliens uh, article yeah. about slapstick. Oh yeah. man, just really, really drilling down into the angles. What are the parts that make the slapstick? Can it really be called slapstick if a stick is not involved? Oh, man. Is it just slap? <laughs> well, I mean, if you don't have the stick, what are you slapping? Oh, yeah. Questions. Yeah. Is it a metaphorical slap of the audience's expectations of reality? Dang. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> uh, I'm looking through most of these links refer to uh, stars of slapstick. Oh. And I'm looking at these, and I want to go with the one that would seem most musical to me. And that, to me, would be Mel the Marx Brooks. Brothers. Oh, Marx Brothers. Who? would you say? <laughs> Mel Brooks. <laughs> it's kind of musical, but the Marx Brothers, I know oh. at least one of them actually played an instrument. So. Oh, yeah, he um, Mel Brooks played the violin. What? Oh, yeah, no, he used wait, to go with Steve Martin, and, and would they'd go they, on tour. They used to play Steve, with Martin's Steve Martin. has got such a posse, man. And he has lived for 200 years. <laughs> No, <laughs> within the last yeah, it's not that long ago. Wait, you you only clicked on Mel Brooks? No, he's no uh, no uh, the Marx no, Brothers. He, okay, yes. I thought you, I thought you meant the oh, Marx Brothers. Oh, I see. What, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> anyway, this holy joke, crud! They have a ton. This joke got away from me. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is a huge page, which I guess makes sense. You're on the Marx uh, Brothers. Yeah, of course they are. And yes. Bamboo is a huge page because I guess that makes sense. Bamboo. Let me it, say that I'm disappointed that I'm not the one who I reached know. the Bamboo page. <laughs> I really feel I am weird. Like the number one panda fanatic here. <laughs> <laughs> and it just seems natural that I would cross paths with Bamboo one day. I really okay, You go ahead and you us. honor this. <laughs> you make me Tim. proud of this one, Kyle. Tim, I really, I really want to get you a shirt now that says "Number One Panda Fanatic." <laughs> I would wear it. That's amazing. Okay, well, the bamboos, according to this first sentence, are a subfamily of flowering perennial evergreen plants in the family Poaceae. I'm gonna go with. Oh, I love. Oh, he's a great baseball player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, giant bamboos are the largest member of the grass family. What? Wait, this is, it's technically grass? Yes. It's green and it grows out of the ground. I knew that. <laughs> is, that what, is that what this whole page is going to be? <laughs> yes, I this whole page that? is going to be one big, I knew this. <laughs> Should I just read this off and have Tim tell us if he knew it or not? <laughs> Tim, tell us everything you know about bamboo. Go. Um, it was used to torture and kill people during Vietnam. Okay, yes, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, th- I will. Okay, uh, bamboo includes some of the fastest growing plants on Earth, which is nuts. 
uh, they uh, with reported growth rates of up to 91 centimeters. That's that's a yard, 36 inches in 24 hours. What? Yep. That's crazy. Uh, that's how okay. they would torture people. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. Be- have you, have you not believe- heard this? No. Tell me how so this it, happened. What they would do is they would plant bamboo shoots mm-hmm. in the ground Got and it. then tie someone down over it. What? And as it no. grew... No, 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 would, no, yeah. Yeah. no. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Bamboo well, is, can be evil stuff when put in the wrong hands. Okay. Well, that's terrifying. Yep. Let's they find out about... They tested that on Mythbusters, tied back to Adam Savage. Yeah. Wow. Buster was the crash death dummy on Mythbusters. We've got, we've got so many things here. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about something cute. Soft, soft bamboo shoots, stems, and leaves are the major food source of the giant panda of China, the red panda of Nepal, and the bamboo lemurs of Madagascar. There are bamboo no one cares lemurs? about the bamboo lemur. Yeah, there are. Uh, <laughs> Tim, Tim knew that. I was about to say no one cares about the bamboo. And you're like, bamboo lemurs? <laughs> I'm going to link you guys to a bamboo lemur because it's, it's surprisingly cute. Everything it's that still, eats bamboo is cute. It's still pretty weird looking, but it's cute. It, it looks like it's part pug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a yeah, it's a panda pug. It's what it is. a pugda, pug, pug. I yeah, pugda. That's it. Um, that's the thing. <clears throat> rats eat the fruit as described above, which apparently they bear fruit. Um, mountain gorillas of Africa also feed on bamboo and have been documented consuming bamboo sap, which is fermented and alcoholic. Wow. Um, chimpanzees and elephants of the region also eat the stalks. The larvae of the bamboo borer, they, that's a moth of Laos, uh, Myanmar, Thailand, and Yunnan province, China, feeds off the pulp of li- live bamboo. Oh man, in turn, these caterpillars are considered a local delicacy. Well, I mean, what goes around. Yeah. Um, let's see. They have... Oh, dang. Okay, it looks like this produces very much like sugarcane. Like, it has the the inside, uh, like a solid, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> like it has the solid uh, outer stem, outer, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, I guess it is a stem. And then, uh, like, it has the more meaty inside um, with almost like a sugary sap. Let's see. I'm going to scroll through here and see, because I, I think what I'm going to look for is something that gets me closer to musical instruments. But, oh, what's this? Hang on a second. Uh, symbolism and culture. Oh, this is going to be great. Um, the rarity of its blossoming has led to flowers being its flowers being regarded as a sign of impending famine. Oh, great. This may be due to rats feeding upon the profusion of flowers, then multiplying and destroying a large part of the local food supply. Makes sense. Yep. Uh, in Chinese culture, the bamboo plum blossom, orchid, and chrysanthemum, often known as the uh, words that I am going to mispronounce horribly, mei lan zhu zhu, are collectively referred to as the four gentlemen. Aw. Uh, the four plants represent the four seasons, and in Confucian ideology, the four aspects of the junzi, or uh, prince or noble one, the pine... The, pan, the bamboo, the plum blossom, are also admired for their perseverance under harsh conditions and are known together as the three friends of winter in Chinese culture. That's kind of cute. 
That's nice. Yeah. Um, as one of the four gentlemen, qualities that Bamboo is supposed to teach someone as a gentleman. Uh, as one of the four gentlemen, uh, it has features such as uprightness, tenacity, and hollow heart. Uh, people endow Bamboo with integrity, elegance, and plainness, though it is not physically strong. Countless poems praising a bamboo written by ancient Chinese poets are actually metaphorically about people who exhibited these characteristics. Hmm. Uh, let's see. They, uh, just as a bamboo is hollow-hearted, a gentleman should be uh, sh should open his heart to accept anything of benefit and never have arrogance or prejudice. Oh, that's beautiful. All right. Hmm. Um, there is a section here that has a subhead, musical instruments. What? Yes. Musical. Oh, you're right. And the entirety of that section is a link that says main article, bamboo musical instruments. I forget our ruling on this. Can I just click that? Uh, it says it's it's a link to bamboo musical instruments. That's the entire that's the entire section. Yes. Like the that's, article is bamboo musical instruments. Yes. Like instead of writing about it here, they, they just, just they're like, say, <laughs> yes, here you go. Go to this article. There's a lot of stuff um, here. I mean, technically, it's part of uh, I think it's probably OK. It's up to you. You're the you're the host today. I think it's as, OK as, because. Uh, the as way the I, rival? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it's bamboo musical instruments, and that's cool. <laughs> let me look, well, let's there look we at go. it this way. The fact that they're making you click, like, if they had just written out the article, you'd probably have something to go on on this yes. page. And so, so I'm kind of, yeah, I using a, a click to get closer. <laughs> so I, I think that's fine. I got to okay. lose a turn is what happened, yes. Yeah. All right. Bamboo musical instruments. Now we're at the Marx Brothers. Yes. The Marx Brothers. How many were there? Five. Yes, that's okay. correct. Uh, there was a sixth <laughs> brother who was born, but died in infancy. Right. Oh, oh no. Uh, his name was uh, Manfred, which who they oh. also called Manny. So, of Aww. course, there's Chico, Harpo, Groucho, Gummo, and Zeppo. Yep. Those are not their real names, of course. Uh, but if they were uh, Chico's real name is Leonard Harpo's real name is Adolf Although he changed it after 1911 Good move Good call Yep. Uh, to Arthur Groucho is Julius Henry Marx Gummo is Milton Marx And Zeppo is Herbert Manfred Marx And there is a lot of story here About how they got their nicknames um, Oh their mother uh, is Mine or Minnie uh, oh, cool. Marx who served as their uh, manager? Oh wow! Oh my gosh! I had really? No idea. Yeah. And they Wait, said is she this was like a hard a, bargainer? Yeah, is this like a Jackson Five situation? It kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they say <laughs> wow. that uh, the origin of their stage names uh, came from uh, monologist Art Fisher. What is a monologist? Um, Let's find out. A monologist. Is it just the person who names things? Um, monologist goes to stand-up comedy. It's a stand-up comedian. Oh. Oh, so that they That makes got, sense. So uh, like stand-up guys are like... Uh, yeah, yeah. Makes yeah. Monologues. Yeah. A monologist. Okay. So uh, stage names were, except for Zeppo, were coined by monologist Art Fisher during a poker game in Galesburg, Illinois, <laughs> based on the brothers' personalities. And Gus Major's Sherlocko the Monk, a popular comic strip of the day. 
Okay. Whoa. Which included a supporting character named Groucho. Uh, as Fisher dealt each brother a card, he addressed him for the very first time with the names they would keep for the rest of their lives. Whoa. Uh, so, uh, that's Chico. Like, that's like some New Testament oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, it Chico is. Chico <laughs> is actually pronounced Chico because he was, in the slang of the period, a chicken chaser. Oh, wow. What do you think that means? I, I mean. Going after the um, ladies. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. They call them chickens then, later chicks. Yep. Chicks, man. Well, I mean, uh, British slang, a bird in that case, yeah. Yep. What do you think Harpo's name comes from? He liked to play the harp. He was, go- yeah, he he was chasing the harp, after harps it? all the time. <laughs> oh, nice. Real creative, uh, Art. Thanks. Uh, Sierra Gummo. <laughs> Art wasn't Art's real name. That was He was Howard Fisher. He was just Howard Fisher. He just liked yep. to draw. He just liked so Art. He called himself Art. I like drawings. Um. So Gummo this, is a fun, this is a fun is... paragraph on Gummo's name. Uh, in his autobiography, Harpo explains that Milton became Gummo because he crept about the theater like a gumshoe detective. What? Other sources report that Gummo was the family's hypochondriac, having been the sickliest of the brothers in childhood and therefore wore rubber overshoes called gumshoes what? in all kinds of weather. Wait, Still, is that do... where we get gumshoe? I guess so. What? I always thought Sorry. it had to do with like walking around so much that you got gum on your shoes. Yeah, me wow. too. But I guess not. Go um, do, do so your others, thing. I'll find out. Or like tracking others, people. Yeah. Like you're the gum on their shoes. Oh yeah. yeah. I like that best. Let's go with that. <laughs> um, others report that Milton was the troop's best dancer, and dance shoes tended to have rubber soles. Uh, Groucho stated that the source of the name was gum wearing galoshes, and then says whatever the details, name relates to oversold shoes. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Well, Next you're brother. mostly right. Um, according according to the online etymology dictionary, which is totally scientific, uh, a gumshoe uh, the is what they call a plainclothes detective uh, from as early as 1906, from um, the rubber-soled shoes they wore, which allows stealthy movement. Weird. So if you had a uh, if you wore a stealthy shoe, you were a gumshoe. Crazy. Hmm. Totally, totally scientific from the online etymology dictionary. Were like uh, the other shoes back at the time made out of cement, like. Yeah. Yes. I mean, obviously. Was it just like yeah, live pigs? Oh. <laughs> it was a um, different yes. time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Groucho, which you think would be an easy uh, name to peg down, has like three different possible explanations. <laughs> I love it. One is just he was grouchy. <laughs> yes. Second is um, something called a grouch bag. <laughs> uh, What's a grouch, a grouch bag? bag? A small, Please tell me. It's a small drawstring bag worn around the neck in which a traveler could keep money and other valuables so that it would not so it would be very difficult for anyone to, to take them. Uh, most of Groucho's friends and associates said that he was extremely stingy. Oh, okay. Especially after losing all his money in the nineteen twenty nine stock market crash. Weird. Uh, so he might have been named after a grouch bag for that trait. Wow. Uh, Groucho says no. <laughs> <laughs> um Groucho insisted that this was not the case. In chapter six of his first autobiography, how many autobiographies do you need? More than one, obviously. Um, he says. Uh, he said, "I kept my money in a grouch bag. This was a small chamois." Yes. Going back to chamois. Wow, we're having um, all kinds of throwbacks today. Yeah, a small chamois bag that actors used to wear around their necks to keep other hungry actors from pinching their dough. Naturally, you're going to think that's where I got my name from, of course, uh, but that's not so. Grouch <laughs> bags were worn only on manly chess long before there was a Groucho. 
No, Groucho <laughs> bags were worn on manly chests long before there was a Groucho. Whoa. No. Wow. I misread that and said manly chest the first time I wrote it or read it because I, re- I had just read that a couple minutes ago. Worn okay. on manly wow. chests long before there was a Groucho. What? Um, wow. Wow. No, I think I have then, I think I have an episode title candidate. <laughs> and then Groucho, Groucho insisted that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, Groucho himself insisted he was named for a character in the comic strip Nako the Monk. Wait. That sounds like something I would want to be named wait, after. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, Nako the Monk? Nako. Up here it's called Sherlocko the Monk. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Are these different? There's a Wikipedia, Wikipedia Sherlocko. And then they're, I mean, they're both, they're both hyperlinked. Yeah. Oh, there's. Are they different? They take you to the same page. There is Nako and there's Sherlocko. What? Were they two characters in the same strip? Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, characters okay. And story. So everything ends with O in that strip. Yeah. Which makes sense. Does it? Um, so there is a character in that strip named Groucho. Mm. Uh, but Wikipedia says that uh, he is the only Marx or Marx associate who defends this theory. Uh, and that's, as he is not an unbiased witness, a few biographers take the claim seriously. That's hilarious. So I don't know if this is worse than what we were probably supposing or not. Sorry to go back to this, but um, the monk characters in these are called monk characters because they look like monkeys. Oh, not because great. they're like monks. Wow, that went a different way than I expected it. Yeah, but I don't know if that makes it better or worse. Like no, it makes it worse. It's worse. weird. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it's worse. I can I can tell you, <laughs> there's there's kind of no way that that can be better. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, let's see, Zeppo. Um, according to Harpo, it was because uh, they the brothers had named him uh, for Mister Zippo, a mm. chimpanzee that was part of another reformer's act. Yep, there we uh, go. <laughs> he found this name unflattering, of course, and then so what? they so they compromised with Zeppo. Wow, wow. wow. Uh, according to Chico, I'm going to keep go for messing it, yeah. up and saying Chico, but it's actually Chico now. Chico, yes. Um, according to him, a popular style of humor during the time was the Zeke and Zeb joke, which made fun of slow-witted Midwesterners, uh, which I'm all for. Uh, one day, Chico returned home to find Herbert sitting on the fence. Herbert greeted him by saying, Hi, Zeke. Chico responded with, Hi, Zeb. And the name stuck. What? Wow. So, but then they were like, Oh, you might want to call you Zebo, but that doesn't sound good. We'll call you Zeppo instead. That sounds very thin. That's a very wow. thin story. Yeah, that's a long That's a What's long. What's really weird is down. that all of these brothers have like completely different accounts. Yeah. And then Groucho And I wonder says, if just none of them are true. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh, that'd be so great. If they just made up these names and then they made up oh, all these backstories. I love True. it. I love that idea. Yeah. And then it's just it's basically what we were doing all day all this time with yeah, you joined Steve Martin on the thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Just yeah, exactly. Up these stories to confuse people and just have people argue with each other. I love it. Uh, Groucho says that Zeppo was named because he was born when the first Zeppelin started crossing the ocean. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, the Wait. first Zeppelin flew in July 1900, and, and Herbert was born seven months later in February 1901. So, so However, they're wait, hold on. So they're so they're arguing that they gave this kid a nickname as they as they grew up as kids. They gave this kid a n- nickname based on the fact that he was born in the same year as Zeppelins became popular, like yeah. the first one. So, so that's their that's their story. 
that they were they were like, what are we going to call you? What's interesting about you? Well, I was born in the year that Zeppelin's. Oh, yeah, that's it. Zeppo. Zeppo. We're going with that. That one. Yep. Feels okay. bad. How, how did Led Zeppelin get named? They were born in the year that Zeppelin's became popular? Yeah. Man, okay. a lot of people Correct. were. Same as Steve Martin. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's <laughs> there's all the uh, the rumors abound for their names. That's insane. So I'm looking through here. Um, none of them played the violin, apparently, which yes, but still have a, I still have a chance. But there is someone on here who I know played the violin. Steve Martin. Yes. No. I <laughs> uh, see here. In 1970, the four Marx brothers had a brief reunion of sorts in the animated ABC television special, The Mad, Mad, Mad Comedians. What? Produced by Rankin Bass Animation of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer fame. Oh, no. The special featured animated reworkings of various famous comedians' acts, uh, including, among these uh, people, Jack Benny. Oh! Oh, no. So I'm clicking on Jack Benny. Oh, Jack no. Benny. I don't know <laughs> I got Jack one. Benny I got one click. <laughs> um, all right, well... Uh, oh, you've you've come across him before, I'm sure. I, I mean, uh, you'll you'll hear yeah, about it. But sure. we're getting right. into like slappy squirrel territory. Of yes, I was gonna say this is what yeah. comedy is supposed to be like. <laughs> Bamboo musical instruments. Get off my lawn! All right, so I made a mistake. <laughs> um, I came to a page where there's a lot of Chinese words and I can't pronounce them, so I apologize. Is one uh, of them the Chinese word for violin? No, I I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I'm not seeing these Chinese words. Oh, okay. uh, in the overview, yes, they're the, they're all the highlighted ones. Um, there are numerous types of bamboo flutes made all over the world, such as the dizi jiao. Pronounce. Yeah. I'm guessing that's the pronunciation. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shakuhashi, uh, palindag. Sure. Daj. Daj. Maybe. I think so. And the uh, jing. Chu is that it? I I'm guessing. Sure. I'm sorry. In India, it's very popular and highly. Very. It is a very popular and highly respected musical instrument, available even to the poorest and the and the choice of many highly venerated maestros of classical music. Uh, which I mean, of course, of course, it is. It's basically already a flute when you cut it off. Like you make you you cut a section of bamboo mm -hmm. off, you stick some holes in it, and look, I made a flute. Good job. Uh, so, uh, according to this, it's known as and revered above all as the divine flute forever associated with, with Lord Krishna, um, who is always portrayed holding a bansuri, which they don't say exactly what that is, in sculptures and paintings. Um, I'm going to guess a form of a flute. But yes, so, so uh, four of the instruments used in Polynesia for traditional hula are made of bamboo. That's the nose flute, the rattle stamping pipes and the jaw harp which i didn't realize you could make those from flute hmm. or from bamboo. from bamboo yeah you can probably make so, them out of a flute too <laughs> maybe yes if you're if you're hard pressed enough yes yeah so there's the didgeridoo uh can be used for that as well uh and in the philippines it's been used for making various kinds of musical musical instruments like the kolintang and the and clung and the bombong. Sure. <laughs> I'm going. I'm guessing. I'm hoping that I'm not killing these these names. Uh, it can also be used for drums, 
they yeah. have, they ha- they have here the marimba, uh, anklong again, panpipes, boom bong again. Um, let's see. I'm not getting any box instruments, which is what I want. <laughs> like anything with the. Oh wait. They do. Oh, you got one oh here. no. Oh no. Yeah. It, you got one. Check it out. I don't want to click it. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm like that they didn't hyperlink guitars. No, they no, they didn't. Ukuleles. Yeah, yeah. Bamboo has also been recently been used for the manufacture of guitars, and the only hyperlinked link in this par- paragraph: ukuleles. Are they like just drag racing know. around here? There are some people on my street. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Uh, bamboo ukuleles are constructed of solid cross-laminated bamboo strips, not plywood. In case that wasn't clear by it being called a bamboo ukulele. This is really weird. It says, in addition to their strength, bamboo ukuleles have excellent sound and, and that's an ampersand, (laughs) and rival ukuleles made out of more (laughs) traditional woods like mahogany and coal. Okay, I realize how that's written, but I really want to think of it more as they also have rival ukuleles that are made out of more traditional woods like mahogany and koa. Like... Like down on the coast, there's just these gangs of ukulele. I wonder if they add the ampersand there instead of just writing out and so that it just seemed more bizarre. And like, like, <laughs> like I was like, really, what am I reading? What? Very strange. Uh, bamboo makes an excellent choice for an eco-friendly, cost-conscious ukulele aficionado. Uh, one, that's not cited. And two, there's no such thing as an eco-friendly, cost-conscious ukulele aficionado. It's they, it's, it's an either-or thing. So like, if you're e- <laughs> if you're eco-friendly, you don't care about the cost. And if you're cost-conscious, you're you don't you're not eco-friendly. If you're a ukulele aficionado. When I was in China, uh, we went to an amusement park, and they had in the um, and it was an amusement park with a zoo, so there were pandas there. Yeah. And mm. in the bathroom. They so had, they were pandering to you. Sorry. Even more literally than um, <laughs> that'll make more sense when I tell it, finish the story. Uh, yes. They had paper towels and on the sign next to it said, these paper towels are made from the poo of our pandas <laughs> in English, <laughs> which of course they're meaning, you know, like we recycled panda poo yes. and like the fibers of bamboo from the panda poo to make this paper. <laughs> But no, it just said, these paper towels are made from the poop of our pandas. That's amazing. <laughs> so my question is, can you make a ukulele out of panda poop? And I think the answer is yes. I mean, I don't see why not, Scott. <laughs> All right. So you, I, I, feel, I feel like science can answer this question for fantastic. us. Fantastic. Okay. It's very eco-conscious. Yes, I guess... I guess I'm going to click on ukulele, okay. even though I really don't want to. Jack Benny. Look at this guy. Jack Benny. Yeah. Jack Benny was an American comedian, vaudevillian, radio, television, and film actor, and violinist. Well, he was a vaudevillian until he was stopped by Captain America, so. That's right. What? Oh, yes. I remember that. Nice. But it's... Nice, obscure reference. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Go on. recognized... As a leading American entertainer of the 20th century, Benny portrayed his character as a miser, playing his violin badly, in character he would claim to be 39 years of age, regardless of his actual age. Yep. So he actually did the, like, the whole I'm playing this badly thing before that, what, that one guy? You saw that, that album. That, that one he, guy? Yeah, like, oh, I don't um, know how to play the piano. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Benjamin. Yeah. 
Yes. And that is that is really fun to listen to. It is. <laughs> Did you hear like in an NPR interview with him, like he's actually said that he's actually taking piano lessons and his next oh album gosh. is going to be like, I kind of know how to play the piano. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so good. Yeah, it's, it'll be great. Benny was oh, known for wonderful. comic timing and the ability to create laughter with a pregnant pause or a single expression, such as the signature exasperated, well. Man, that might be one of my favorite, like, comedic mechanics is time he's he's the one who did it yeah uh he was born in chicago illinois in the year that zeppelins got popular was it no i'm just no 1894 (laughs) close oh wow amazingly you know one of his best friends steve martin no zeppelin (laughs) in 1911 benny was playing in the same theater as the young marx brothers Minnie, their mother, enjoyed Benny's violin playing and invited him to accompany her boys in their act. Oh, man. Benny's parents refused to let their son go on the road at 17, but it was the beginning of his long friendship with the Marx Brothers, especially Zeppo Marx. (laughs) He formed a vaudeville musical duo with pianist Cora Salisbury, a buxom 45-year-old widow. Dang. What a description. partner for her act. That's how you... Yep, there you go. Okay. Um, Wikipedia, everyone. a 65-year-old father. See here. Then the war happened. He left show business briefly in 1917 to join the Navy. Oh, during I didn't World know that. War One, often entertained the troops with his violin playing. That's One evening, cool. his violin performance was booed by the troops. <gasps> so, with prompting from fellow sailor and actor Pat O'Brien, he ad-libbed his way out of the jam and left them laughing. Oh uh, wow! He received more comedy spots in the reviews and did well, earning a reputation as a comedian and a musician. Uh, after the war, he developed a one-man act called Ben K. Benny Fiddle Phonology. Yeah. Phonology? Funology? Yep. Is that what it is? Funology. F U N O L O G Y. Oh, that's amazing. The ology of fun. No, I got it. I got it, Ben. I'm just, I'm just, I um, wanted to make sure. <laughs> he then received legal pressure from Ben Burney, a patter and fiddle performer, regarding his name, so he adopted the sailor's nickname, Jack. Oh, Ben K. Benny and Ben Burney, like, yeah. Eh. Okay. Wait, that happened? That That's how he got that name? That's pretty yep. cool. Which is pretty cool. Yes. Uh, in 1921, Benny accompanied Zeppo Marx to a Passover cedar in Vancouver uh, <laughs> at the Marx's residence where he met 14-year-old Sadie Marx. Oh, no. Their meeting, their first meeting did not go well when he tried <laughs> to leave during Sadie's violin performance. I was going to say, that's a, it's at a cedar. You don't, that's mm. not a good place to meet anyone. Yep. Wait. They met again. So the but, Marx brothers... Uh, they spell it Zeppo Marx M A R X, but then they say that the Marx residence M A R K S. So their real name was, and then they, down here they say they call her Sadie Marx. Is is the M A R X also part of the nickname? Like, is Probably. none of their name like the truth? <laughs> I actually have to go back to. That's insane. It very well could be a uh, stage. No, no, their their original name was Marks with an X. I think that's just a typo. Whoa, yeah, that's those are some big Ooh. typos. Good yep. question. Well, we never claimed that we. Mm-hmm. No, no, <laughs> we got Wikipedia. anything right here on this. No, show. no, this is Wikipedia. This yep. is yeah. <laughs> so Jack Benny and Sadie Marks met again in 1926. At another uh, center. She would have been 19 at the time. Uh, Jack's, Jack had not remembered their earlier meeting and instantly fell for her. Oof. They married in 1927. <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> Back up. Wait. 
he instantly fell for her, did not remember her, and but but she was, she cool. was okay with this. Yeah, Apparently, he was successful. Wow. Uh, no, no, it it gets better. Uh, oh, good. <laughs> she was working in the hosiery section of the Hollywood oh. Boulevard branch of the May Company, where Benny courted her. Oh, called no. on to fill in for the quote unquote dumb girl part in a Benny routine. What? Sadie proved to be a natural comedian. Mm. Uh, adopting Mary Livingston as her stage name, Sadie collaborated with Benny throughout most of his career. They later adopted a daughter, Joan. Um, oh, Sadie. So she came on as part of um, his act. Wait, she was the Gracie before there was Gracie. Wow. Um, actually, speaking of Gracie, uh, <laughs> before all this, uh, Benny had some romantic encounters, including one with dancer Mary Kelly, whose devoutly Catholic family forced her to turn down his proposal because he was Jewish. Benny was introduced to Kelly by Gracie Allen. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. Some years later, after their split, Kelly resurfaced as a dowdy fat girl, and Jack gave her a part in an act of three girls, one homely, one fat, and one who couldn't sing. Oh boy. Mm. Yeah, that's... Comedy, comedy still had some things to figure out. Still Man. does. Still, still does have some things. Yeah. Yep. Comedy um, has things to. We all have things to figure out. Okay. <laughs> wow, he did a lot of stuff. Yep. Yeah. So uh, um, is violin linked on there, Tim? Just this one. One more thing. Oh, sorry. oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, on a broadcast uh, in 1950, journalist Drew Pearson was the subject of a joke gone wrong. Announcer <laughs> Don Wilson was supposed to say if he heard that Jack bought a new suit on Drew Pearson, but said the name wrong. Don said Drear. Pewson. What? Later in the show, comedic actor Frank Nelson was asked by Benny if he was the doorman, changing the words by suggestion of the writers. Nelson said, well, who do you think I am? Drear Pewson. <laughs> the audience laughed for almost 30 seconds. What? Okay. Different time. Wow. Different time. <laughs> uh, oh, so, comedy. So, uh, yes. To answer your question, a violin is linked. Dang it. On this page. Dang it. So close. Yep. Uh, Benny began studying violin at some what? time. What's and that? I clicked on violin. Oh, okay. Violin. Well, Man, violin. they say it all over the place here. It's only linked in a few times. Yep. Someone was looking out for you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, wow. What about well, ukulele? They're dumb. Um, they're tiny. They're tiny guitars that aren't trying hard enough. No violin um, on this page. <laughs> They're violins that never made something of themselves. No, uh, no, actually, really actually like <laughs> yeah, I do. I think they are fun too. I don't care. I, I, yes, I make fun of them because they are tiny guitars. But yes, <laughs> I think they are because it's my cultural think, responsibility. <laughs> yes, basically. No, also because the people who tend to play them are also kind of weird sometimes. You talking about Tiny Tim? Yes. Who played um, with Steve Martin in, in the eighties? <laughs> yeah. So Who played they're... Steve Martin in the eighties. Oh, so I. Ooh. Well, Steve Martin took a break from playing himself. Right. That nice. actually, I could see Steve Martin doing that as as in a, a, a long form joke. Yeah, like in in one of his acts, like he just like disappears behind a curtain one time and. Yeah, and then for like a year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and for a year he plays him. Oh, a year's a long time. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm saying uh-huh. this is part of the act, mm-hmm. and then and then after after that uh, he comes out and takes a bow. You know, like that's the thing. There you go. Yeah, that's a good idea. 
Um, so the ukulele originated in the 19th century as a Hawaiian adaptation of the Portuguese machete. Why are we calling these things machetes? And that's that's what I that's what I want to bring up. Uh, yes. Hmm. So, uh, which is a small guitar-like instrument, but we decided to call them ukuleles. But you know what? Ukulele is the more like descriptive term. The ukulele is commonly commonly associated with music from Hawaii, where the name roughly translates as what do you guys want to guess it? It translates as tiny guitar. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Machete, but dumb. <laughs> Uh, the name roughly translates, according to this, as jumping flea. However, there is some argument about the uh, the name. They they say uh, the name could be jumping flea because as you play it, your fingers bounce around like a flea that's jumping around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but according to uh, Queen Lilio Lucalani, the last Hawaiian monarch, the name actually means the gift that came here from the Hawaiian words... Uku and Lele. Uh, uku meaning gift or reward, and Lele meaning meaning to come. That makes more uh, sense. Yes, and it ba- it's that guitar is actually based on, yeah, the machete, uh, as not the awesome, you know, blade thing, but a, a small guitar of Portuguese orga- origin. So you know, as those people showed up, they they were like, oh, all right, let me just wait for this guy to go past there again. Okay, uh, so instead of uh, when they got these instruments to play with, instead of uh, having cool weapons, you know, they hear these mu- here are these musical instruments. Um, so yeah, there are a couple here, and one of them uh, is where we get the ukulele from. Um, yeah, so there you go, ukuleles, you guys. Nice. <laughs> That's that's what I'm going with. Uh, I can tell you a little bit about the uh, the history of them. Um, the ukulele was popularized stateside. I mean, you don't have to. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like no offense, when you're like, yeah, so the ukulele guys, I'm like, all right, we're done. <laughs> and then you're like, I can tell you, I'm like, yeah, more ukulele. <laughs> One thing that I do want to point out, okay. the la- the only thing here, there's a section in here for the post-1990 revival of ukuleles mm-hmm. because there was apparently a break from 1960 to, to the 90s where, uh, where it just never was around. Um, the creation of YouTube was a large influence on the popularity of the ukulele. Oh, my so, God. So YouTube, YouTube, we have you to blame. Uh, one of the very first videos to ever go viral was what, you guys? I'm looking at it right now. A violin. Now. <laughs> no. To go... Ukulele. Oh, ukulele. Yeah. Sorry, I'm reading the violin page. <laughs> you're, you're just so excited about violin. You're, you're desperate to get us out of here. I want to say something that has to do with Zoe Deschanel. No. Oh. Somehow, no. I, Sky? I mean, I'm looking at it right... Like, I was reading it as you were like... Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Uh, one of the first videos to go viral on YouTube to define what going viral meant uh, was Jake Shimabukuro's ukulele rendition of George Harrison's While My Guitar Gently Weeps on YouTube. The video quickly well, went viral. Well, that's just not and, okay. 
that has received mm-hmm. more over 14.5 million views. You can't play. And it launched Jake's career. You can't play while well, my guitar gently weeps on anything but a on guitar. On a ukulele. Yeah. Well, maybe I, maybe the guitar is in the corner gently weeping like, oh, God, like what, why? where did I go wrong? How did I let this happen? I was trying to teach you. Uh, so if you've not heard it, it's actually a really pretty rendition. But again, it's a ukulele. Mm-hmm. So it's like a tiny. Yeah, yes. It's like it's like a guitar got in an argument with a music box. And, uh, or and a like a guitar happened. and a music box fell in love. Mm. <laughs> Had a baby. That's, that's what I said. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> uh, went on tour with Steve Martin. And uh, there we go. Yeah. Uh, that's the ukulele, you guys. Cool. Uh, I I did know where I was going to go from here. They, they don't mention violins again, somehow. Uh, but um, the ukulele they do is so mention, much like a violin. It well, you know, it is it's kind a, of a it's tiny, least, yeah, yeah. Tiny box it's instrument. a stringed instrument. Yeah. Uh, they mention at the top that they use uh, nylon or gut strings for mm-hmm. uh, for strings and cat gut makes up the bow on a violin, and that would have gotten me there, I'm sure. Oh yeah. Mm. So I had an idea. It was gonna pay off. It was gonna pay off. Yeah, it was close. That was a close one. Ah, Tim. You guys got there in pretty interesting ways. I was kind of worried about this one because I'm like, violin is such a, I think it's a musical instrument. Those are pretty easy, I feel, to get to, but it's just obscure enough, I guess, that it worked okay. It's it's no ukulele, that's for no. sure. I mean, do we want to talk too much about the violin here? Go for no, it. Do you see anything the interesting? Page is, the page is very technical. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, most of the info here is very just technical about instrument. bores and F-holes. and Yeah. Whoa, whoa, what? <laughs> Yeah, so here's here's the parts of a violin. There's the scroll, is a little doodad at the top. Okay. The peg box is where the pegs are. Yeah. The neck is a little thin part. Yeah, following there. Uh, the fingerboard is between the neck and like the first little notch in the body. Where, where you put your fingers? And there's an upper bout, a lower bout, a waist, which is between the upper and lower bouts. Wait, belts? B- bouts, B-O-U-T. Like it's fighting itself? Yes. Wow. It's fighting itself between its F-holes. Okay. Um, literally. <laughs> I mean, that's the, the F-hole is between the bouts. You're just trying to create I, names for this episode. Yeah, I was going to say. That's a pretty good one, too. <laughs> Isn't that like, obvious? I, I can't, I, there's so many ways I could take that, Tim. I just, I, just none of them are safe. Then there's the bridge, the fine tuners, the tailpiece. Sure. And the chin rest. Oh, that's Okay. I mean, that's really the, the safest named thing on that thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it tells you what it's made of, uh, how you can play it. There's lots of nice little um, recordings you can listen to. Yeah. Lots of stuff on techniques. And then the area that I love, the, the popular music area, where everyone tries to just cram their favorite band into the Wikipedia article. Oh, boy. Yeah. Like, who plays you violins? You know, Dave Matthews Band had a violinist. They did. Oh, my gosh. Yes. You know... It's also in symphonic metal, like Therian, Nightwish, Within Temptation. Oh, man, we got a Nightwish mention. Nice. Although, although, it's also in gothic metal bands, guys. Like Nightwish. Uh, don't forget yep. about and, Doom Metal. And Doom Metal. Yep. Like Nightwish. There's no line there. <laughs> are, wait, are, wait, you're not making these no, up? No, it's not me here. <laughs> There's a thing These called Doom listed. Metal. The band is my dying bride. Yep. What? That's not real. 
Whoa, wait. Spanish folk metal? It's... <laughs> what? <laughs> How does that work? Like, you're just running around with a loot, just like... <laughs> <laughs> it's a fusion genre of heavy metal music and traditional folk music. Oh, my gosh. I mean... Like, Subway Sally is one of the bands. I've never heard mm-hmm. of them. Moon Sorrow. Oh, that's beautiful. Paganism is a is a key component. Do tell key theme. Uh, it's so beautiful. Celtic black metal. Hmm. <laughs> really? I wish I liked heavy metal. <laughs> so you could go around Isn't talking what, like well, this. No, it's just like it's interesting. <laughs> like, like I look at it and like, man, this is kind of like this is a weird culture. Yes. Know. Yeah. It is its own. It is its own world. Yes. Instead, I just listen to Andrew Bird. Nice. Yep, he's on. Here. Oh, who oh, plays the violin? I'm sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, he does. Does he? Yeah, he Sterling. does. So, what's yeah, the difference nice. between a violin and a fiddle? Uh, the f- yeah. Does it have something to do with the f hole? Because I really wanted to now. <laughs> Is it like the holes no. in it are different? <laughs> no, there's there's technically no difference. Okay. Is it just where you're? Just, yeah, where you're standing is where. Basically, is diff- if you're playing it as a folk instrument in folk music, it's, it's a called fiddle. a fiddle. Although you can actually use the term fiddle wherever you want. No one's really that stingy about it. <laughs> gotcha. Unless you're a violinist, I bet. You, I guess yeah, you're says, probably using different <laughs> techniques, right? Mm-hmm. For the most part. Mm. I don't um, know. It's sometimes I mean, there's there's different tuning. Yeah. It'll oh, cross-tune it. Um, Doing some cross-tuning. Sometimes the bridge's top edge is cut to a slightly flatter curve. I guess oh, like a right, sawed-off right. violin. <laughs> 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 um, so there there can be there can be a few alterations um to i guess create a better folk sound for your needs but you can still just use a regular old violin okay i like it uh in the meantime i i did click on cat gut just to see what it is here because i've always wanted to know is it made from cats <laughs> uh it is not uh but the actual answer is not as good as you'd ho- or is not as reassuring as you as you might have hoped it's made from all the other animals intestines <laughs> uh it's basically so made everything from, but cat gut yeah yeah sheep goats hogs horses mules or donkeys the reason that we call it cat gut is because people thought the word cattle gut was too long oh okay yeah. i can see that so, yeah so that's disgusting cool yeah well, there you go good job tim Way to get to violin. Dang it, Tim. I was so close. You were close. close. You did a good job. You both picked very like interesting ways to get there. So, I was just so excited that Mary Roach was there. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be awesome. Mary Roach. Yeah, and like she could you, she can get you anywhere, right? I really thought she I, I figured there would be a good shot. I mean that she was she doing her came best. Across a, yeah. <laughs> I mean, actually it kind of makes more sense that you ended up in ukulele than violin <laughs> getting from Mary Roach. I feel That's like fair, she'd be proud actually. of herself. Uh, I think she, she probably would be, yes. Okay. Well, thank you for listening along, listeners. Um, you guys, if you want more episodes of We Should Know Better, we are at wskbcast.blogspot.com. Uh, we are on Twitter and Facebook. Um, WSKBcast is our Twitter handle, and you can just search for We Should Know Better on Facebook. Um, find us on iTunes. Leave us a, a review. We haven't got one in a while, so if you, you want to oh, throw man. one up, that would be great for our, our 50th episode coming up. We should Dang. actually talk about that, guys. Are we going to do anything? Like, 
Maybe we should leave I it mean, to be a surprise about what's actually we can, happening. We can just record it. I mean, that's yeah. doing something technically. Yes. <laughs> we just got to believe in the magic. Mm, believe in the magic. In the 50th episode magic. We should like invite people to uh to write yes. how that how this show has changed their lives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What <laughs> what page on that we visited changed your life? Yes. Tell us all about it. Ask your friends. Ask them yeah, ask how them. we should know better. How 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 we should know better has impacted them. Yeah. Please do. Oh god, please. I want to know. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll figure something out. Should be yeah. good. Okay. Cool. Well, you guys have a good night and we will see you in a couple weeks. Yeah, oh yeah, when we're on uh when we're on tour with uh Steve Martin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, guys, I I've been Steve Martin this whole time. Yuka fiddle. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to hear it. I think that's where I'm going to put the music in. I really apologize for all the Steve Martin, but it no, just kept coming back in good, good ways. No, I kept it going. Steve it Martin's was great. Really funny. All right. Ready to actually do the starting thing? Uh, uh, <laughs> Welcome to We Should Know Better. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Let's do this. All right.